Grace, mercy, and peace be on you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us is just one verse from our gospel lesson today, Peter's words to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, reactions to sermons can be interesting. As we, your pastors, greet you at the back door following the church service, we occasionally hear things like, thank you for that sermon, pastor, or sometimes, good sermon, or occasionally, that was a great sermon, pastor. But one time, I had someone say to me, that's the best sermon I've ever heard from you. I had to think about that for a moment, but I assumed they meant it in the very best way, and so I smiled and said, thank you. And on more than one occasion, I've been standing there and have been thanked for the sermon when I was not the preacher that day. (laughs) Again, I smiled and said, thank you. Reactions to sermons can be interesting at times, but it's hard to imagine a reaction much worse than the reaction to a sermon we find in our gospel lesson for today. And the preacher was none other than Jesus himself. He preached that sermon in the synagogue of Capernaum, a town right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, the town that Jesus made sort of his headquarters, his base of operations for his activities in that entire area. He did a lot of preaching and a lot of teaching at Capernaum. But following this sermon, people abandoned him and left him in droves. And that's right after things had been going so well for Jesus. He had traveled throughout the region of Galilee, healing many people, even raising Jairus' daughter from death to life once again. And we read a couple of weeks ago in our gospel lesson how he fed 5,000 men, and who knows how many women and children, with just five loaves of bread and two fish. Then he crossed over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and people recognized him there, and crowds again began to follow him and to bring to him their sick, their ill, their crippled, even carrying these people on pallets to Jesus. And Mark records how when these sick and crippled people just touched the hem of Jesus' garment, they were healed. Things had been going so great for Jesus, and massive crowds were following him. But then it all seems to come crashing down in our gospel lesson for today. Jesus preaches the sermon that has been called the Bread of Life sermon, or the Bread of Life Discourse. And in it, he refers to himself as the living bread that has come down from heaven. He references eating the flesh and drinking the blood of the Son of Man. He refers to his own flesh as food indeed, and his own blood as drink indeed. Well, to say that his listeners were taken aback at those words would be an understatement. In fact, they say in our gospel lesson, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And indeed, it was a hard-to-understand saying, hard to comprehend, maybe even offensive to some. 
But it's clear that in these words, Jesus now begins to claim to be more than just a regular rabbi. He now claims to be more than a mere wonder worker out there in the wilderness. And indeed, those who had been loosely attached to him, perhaps only because they ate the food that he provided in the wilderness or because they saw a few miracles that he did, had heard enough and they abandoned him. Where would they go? Most likely back to Judaism, trying to follow man-made rules and regulations that had been constructed on top of the word of God, thinking that they're going to please God in doing that. And ironically, they would go back to waiting for God to send the Messiah as they just abandoned the Messiah that God had sent. Oh, they were happy to be fed by him in the desert, and they were happy to be entertained and awed by his miracles. But as soon as they heard something offensive from him, they abandoned him, and they were gone. Well, fast forward the calendar about 2,000 years to our day, and we find that not much has changed. People certainly love to hear about the Jesus who calls and gathers children to himself. They love to hear about the Jesus who heals people. They love to hear about the Jesus who hangs out with the poor, the public sinners, the tax collectors, and all the socially undesirable people of his day. And we like to hear about that Jesus as well. But for some people, the exclusive claim of Christianity, that Jesus is the only way to salvation and eternal life, can be a hard word, even offensive. And so Jesus' words in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, they find offensive. Or to some people today, any talk of sin or judgment or living in a state of condemnation outside of faith in Jesus Christ is a hard saying, perhaps even offensive. And so the words of Jesus that he says he will proclaim to those that have rejected him on judgment day, depart from me, you who are accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for Satan and his angels, they find offensive. But following Jesus, really following Jesus, is not a selection process. We don't pick and choose which words of Jesus we will approve and which words and teachings we will disapprove of. It is either the whole Jesus with all of his words and all of his teachings, or it's no Jesus at all. And unfortunately for many people in our gospel lesson for today, it was no Jesus at all. They left him. They abandoned him. And then in a dramatic moment, Jesus turns to the 12 disciples and asks them the question, will you too go away? To which Peter responds with the beautiful words of our text, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yes, Peter, he does. And they are not only mere words. 
They are words that describe a God who loves us with an everlasting love and wants nothing more than all of, all of us to be with him eternally in his presence. They are words that describe a God who came here in the person of Jesus Christ and lived amongst us, living the perfect life that none of us could live. They are words that describe a Savior, that same Jesus Christ, who voluntarily and willingly went to the cross, offering his life as payment in full for our sin. And they are words that describe a risen Jesus Christ, who for 40 days made appearance after appearance after appearance on this earth, proving that he had conquered sin, death, and the grave for all people. They are words of eternal life for us and for all who believe in Jesus Christ for forgiveness and everlasting life. For that same Holy Spirit that worked in Peter, allowing him to make that confession, has worked in our lives as well, so that we also can say with Peter, we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. In other words, you are the long-awaited Messiah. You are the Savior. But if we learn nothing else from our gospel lesson for today, we learn that people have and do and will reject Jesus. Or they will follow him for a while only to abandon him. Just think about it. If the people standing right there seeing Jesus face to face, the people who heard his teachings from his lips directly to their ears, the people who saw the miracles and the wonders that he did, if they could abandon him, it should not surprise us that people reject Jesus and will abandon him today. Unfortunately, it's only to be expected. But that begs the question, why do we believe? In the midst of all this rejection and abandonment of Jesus by many, many people, why do we and billions of other Christians believe this day? Jesus gives us the answer in the gospel lesson. It has been given us by the Father. In other words, the Father has sent his Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit has worked through these words of eternal life so that we believe. It is nothing we have done. It is nothing that we haven't done. It is not because of some innate ability or capacity that we have to believe more than other people. It is simply the work of God for which we give him thanks and praise. You know, I read this past week that the average person on a daily basis Here's between 20 and 30,000 unique words. Not words that are repeated, but 20 to 30,000 unique words a day. And when you stop and think about it, those words include words that can make us smile or words that can make us cry. Words that can make us angry or words that can make us happy. But in the midst of all those words, there is only one who has the words of eternal life. The one who said at the death of Lazarus, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Yes, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.